Right. It's good to see you guys. Thankful. Well, good morning, guys. My name is Mitchell. If I haven't met you yet, I'm the lead pastor at Antioch. And just so glad that you guys decided to jump in and worship with us today. It's going to be a great rest of the morning. How many of you guys thankful for the presence of God? Yes? He's here. Love it. And, you know, I just want to comment real quick on just, you know, how we were responding to the Lord during worship. It is so right for us to surrender to Him. It's so right for us to just say, Lord, we trust you. We give you our life. It's so right for us to do that. But I also just want us to know, like, that's not the starting point. The reason we can do that and the reason it's so right is because he is so good and he loves us so much. And I just wanted to comment on that as, you know, I don't want us to, to have a moment like this and just say, man, look at how surrendered I am. It's like, no, it's the only right response to, wow, he loves me so much. Wow, he's so good to me. What can I, I just surrender. I just say, I trust you. Does this make sense? I just want to emphasize, he loves you. Do you believe it today? He loves you. He's good to you. The very breath you're breathing right now and the very eyes you're using to look at me, like he gave to you as a gift because he loves you and he's good to you and he's worthy of our life. Amen? He's worthy. All right, a couple quick announcements before we uh, get into the message. So I think we have a slide. We have a little um, class we call Intro to Antioch, which is just a silly way to say kind of our, our welcome to Antioch class where you get to learn a little bit about who we are, where we came from, and how you can be more involved. We do this every couple months. And also, this is kind of a prerequisite to becoming a member or what we call joining the core team here at Antioch. And so that's going to be happening two Sundays from today, September 26th. And it's going to be right after uh, church. We provide lunch for you guys just for about an hour, hour and a half. We share our story with you, let you ask questions about who we are, our vision and our values, and just get to know you uh, a little bit better. So that's two weeks from today, September 26th. And then secondly, Maggie already mentioned it, but we've got an exciting conference coming up in just under three weeks, World Mandate. Many of you I know have signed up already, but every year the Lord uses this conference to just set apart a weekend where we can encounter God in a fresh way, and He speaks to us, He encourages us, and He stirs us up for what God's doing around the world. And I wanted you guys to get even more stirred uh, by hearing a quick testimony, so I'm going to invite up my friend Parker Reem. Come on up, Parker. Give it up for Parker, man of God right here. Newly married, man of God. It's been like three weeks being married. They got a, they got a marriage book coming out soon. <laughs> How to start your marriage off right. Three weeks in. All right, just kidding. So I wanted you guys, I really would love everybody in this room to j- join us for World Monday, October 1st and 2nd. It's going to be Friday night, and then all day Saturday. And then we'll kind of wrap it up with the church service in the morning on Sunday. Um, but I want you to hear, like, here's one testimony of what God did through someone that just signed up, said, I'll be there and just open up my heart to what the Lord can do. So tell us what happened. Yeah, so I went to my first world mandate in like 2017, which was shortly after I had been discipled kind of for the first time, and I like first started coming to Antioch, and I like discovered what community could be. Um, and so I just decided to come to world mandate because that was, that was what everyone else was doing, so I did it too. <laughs> um, and and <laughs> what, what happened was... was Basically, God opened my eyes um, to what would it look like if I went all in for Jesus? What would it look like if I, if I gave every single part of my life? Like, what if I gave God a blank check of my life and said, God, whatever you want, it's yours? It was like, it, it stirred my heart like, like I never had before. And like seeing people and hearing from people who had like 
who had, who had done that with their whole lives. And it like stirred my heart and gave me a new perspective of, of what God could do with me. If, if I just said yes, like before I knew what he was asking, if I just gave a full, complete yes, what could, what could my life look like? Um, and it stirred my heart and it gave me a whole new perspective of what it meant to follow Jesus and what it could look like. Um, and so my, my yes has been like deeper than ever in every single world mandate. My yes gets deeper in my heart um, just from hearing from, you know, incredible men and women of God who've like said yes with their entire lives. And so it's, it's, it's awesome. And you should go. So. Awesome. Let's give it up for Parker. Thanks for sharing, man. That's encouraging. It's encouraging. Giving God a blank check. I like that analogy. That's dangerous though, man. That is dangerous. Okay, well, yeah, sign up for one minute. Love to see you guys there. Okay, let's jump into the message here, all right? So we um, are in week three of a series that we've titled, Worthy is the Lamb. Who believes that the Lamb is worthy? Yes, who is the Lamb that we're talking about? Just remind me. <laughs> yes, great answer, guys. Jesus. So we took this title from Revelation 5, 12. It says, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and might and honor and glory, and blessing. That's a lot of ands. <laughs> he is worthy of everything. That's what that means. He's worthy of literally anything that we could think of. He is worthy. And we, what we're doing through this series is we're, we're answering the question, why is he worthy? By looking at different attributes of who he is. But, however, we've also been laying the foundation that God is not ultimately worthy just because of his attributes, just because he's loving, just because he's kind. He's ultimately worthy because he is God, and he caused us to exist. He does not exist for us. We exist for him. He didn't come from us. We came from him. He could be like anything he wants to be like, and he would still be worthy because he is giving us the very breath we're breathing. But the more we get to know him, and what he's really like, the more we say, worthy is, the, oh my gosh, worthy is the lamb. He is so good. He's better than you know. Look at your neighbor and say, he's better than you know. Now, what we've been doing, again, is going through different attributes. And I just want you to know, it's, it's kind of hard to pick, okay? There's just like to limit, okay, which attribute of God? Because we're not going to do this series forever. But I've been trying, all right, Lord, what do we focus on this week? What do we focus on this week? But there's a lot that we could cover, okay? So if I don't get to your favorite attribute of God, I'm sorry. But it's true also that he is that thing. I just might not preach it, okay? Now, my hope through this series is that we all have a renewed sense of awe, of wonder. Isn't that just awesome? What if you didn't walk out of here just with like something you could apply to your normal life to make you more successful? Though I hope that happens. What if we just simply walked out of here just like, wow, oh my gosh, God is awesome. <laughs> That's what we want every week. <laughs> this service is not about me. This service is not about you. This service is not about your neighbor. Ultimately, this service is about him. I, I always kind of point that way. He's, always, he's everywhere, but just when I point that way, I'm talking about Jesus. <laughs> it's about him. I want us to be in awe of him. We're here for him. He, he saved us. He made us. He loves us. He's worthy. And so when we come here, we're not here just to do a service and check that we're here for him. He's amazing. And I want us to have a sense of awe and wonder that doesn't last just for a service. But, man, it carries all throughout every day. But you wake up tomorrow morning before work, and you're like, oh, wow, you're awesome. <laughs> and we're just drawn into his presence and drawn into relationship with him. So the last, last two weeks, 
We um, talked about a, a few particular attributes of who he is. Uh, two weeks ago, we talked about he is holy. How many of you guys were here for when we talked about the holiness of God? Raise your hand real quick. Holiness? Okay. He's holy. Literally, there's angels in heaven just shouting, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. When we say is holy, we're saying he's completely set apart. He's totally other than. He's totally different than us. And we looked at some people that encountered his holiness throughout scripture. You know what they, many of them did? Boom, just hit their face. <laughs> and um, they just said, that's all that they could do. He's so holy. Last week, we talked about how he is humble. We talked about his humility. How many of you guys were here last week? Raise your hand. Awesome. Okay, so a lot less. Skipped out on the humility message, huh? I see what you did. Just kidding. It was Labor Day. I had mercy on you. I chose the humility talk for Labor Day weekend. But we talked about how humble he is, how willing he was to not just go low, but literally to live low. Uh, one of the, the Greek word for humble means like not rising far from the ground. Just so low, so meek. And, and as we looked at these attributes of who he is, we wanted to get stunned first. So before we rush to like a to-do list, how do I be more humble? We have to, we have to first see Jesus as humble. Before we rush to a to-do list of how do I become more holy, we look at Jesus and we're like, wow, you're holy. It doesn't start with our to-do list. It's, it's a good conversation to have. What does humility look like in my life? What does holiness look like in my life? But we start by looking at him, and then we respond. And last week, it was just special. Special week. We had extended time that was unplanned after the service of just responding to the Lord's humility. I just felt like there was this cry in us of like, Lord, help us. <laughs> help us. Like, be in awe of your humility and let your humility be in us. And there was just multiple people on their knees just encountering the presence of God. And it was a great, great moment. This week, uh, we are going to focus on Jesus as a servant. He is worthy because he is a servant. Look what Matthew 20, verse 26 and 28 says. This is the words of Jesus. He says, whoever will be great among you must be your servant. And whoever will be first among you must be your slave. And catch this. Even as the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve. And to give his life a ransom for many. So Jesus is worthy because he is a servant. We're going to be in awe of him as a servant. And then we're going to talk about how... How do we respond to him? All right, so y'all pray with me and ask the Lord for grace to speak to us through this. So Lord Jesus, we thank you that you're in this room. You're with us right now. Lord, and I just pray for grace for all of us to just have an open and receptive heart. Show us who you are in a greater way today, Lord. Show us who you are as a servant and let it transform us from the inside out. You said in your word, St. Corinthians, that when we behold you, when we look at you, we are transformed into your image, and we go from glory to glory. So would that happen this morning? We would just gaze on your servant heart, and that we would be transformed from glory to glory. Speak to us, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay, let's turn to your Bible to John chapter 13, if you've got a Bible with you. John chapter 13. We're going to look at, I would say, maybe a familiar story of Jesus portraying himself as a servant. John chapter 13. This is the story where he washes his disciples' feet, all right? Now, let me make a quick comment here about this um, topic. Again, we're first focusing on just looking at Jesus, 
Okay, I don't want us to think about me being a servant, you being a servant, or neighbor being a servant. Who can serve me? Who can I serve? Let's not go there yet. Let's just be in awe of Jesus. And I also, I will talk about how this can look for us. And I wanted, before I communicate anything about us being servants, I wanted to encourage you, church, that this church is full of servant-hearted people. You guys do such an incredible job of serving each other and serving this church body and serving Northwest Arkansas. And I just, I am thankful I feel like the Lord is just proud of you. I mean, I think of like the people that come every single week early to set up church, to lead us in worship. I think of all the kids workers are literally missing out on this service because they're watching children right now. I think of you guys that have brought meals to each other when you're sick or when you had COVID or when you had a baby. I think of just the encouraging texts. I think of the prayers that you pray for each other. I think of the ways that you write notes and just... Thank you for being a servant. I think of the rides that you give to people. I think of the meals that you buy. Yes, keep doing it. This is awesome. This shows me and shows us that there, we, have, we have gained some revelation of the Lord as a servant, and it's changing us. And I might communicate some things about being a servant that might be convicting this morning, but I'm not, I'm not coming at us. I'm just encouraging us. Let's keep going. I always want us to never feel like we're arriving somewhere, but we're continuing to move forward and growing more and more and being a servant. Does this make sense? So I'm proud of you, but let's keep going, right? Let's keep going. Let's keep moving forward. Okay, John 13. I'm going to read verse 1 through 17. It'll also be on the screen uh, up here behind me, but follow along, and I want you just to, to notice some things about Jesus as a servant, then I'll pull a couple things out. Here we go. John 13, verse 1. So now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart out of this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. Verse 2, during supper, when the devil had already put it into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he had come from God and was going back to God, he rose from supper. He laid aside his outer garments and taking a towel, tied it around his waist. Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel that was wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, do you wash my feet? Jesus answered him, what I'm doing you do not understand now, but afterwards you will understand. Peter said to him, you shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, if I do not wash you, you have no share with me. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. I don't know how he said it, but I figure it's something like that. <laughs> okay, okay, not just my feet. Give me all. All right, verse 10. Jesus said to him, the one who has bathed does not need to wash except for his feet, but is completely clean. And you are clean, but not every one of you. For he knew who was to betray him. That was why he said not all of you are clean. Verse 12. When he had washed their feet and put out his outer garments and resumed his place, he said to them, do you understand what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you also should do just as I have done to you. Truly, truly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. And pause there. All right, so we see this incredible story, this moment that Jesus is having with his disciples where he's washing their feet. Now, what I want to do is I want to pull out a couple things from this story that I think are really important for us to make sure we see, okay? One, I'm just blown away that he would do this for people. This is amazing. He didn't have to do this, but he did this for his disciples. 
But I want you to first to see in verse 3, I think there's two mindsets that Jesus had that helped him live as a servant. And I'll actually let me say that a different way. Two mindsets that freed him to serve, that gave him a freedom, and I would even say a joy to serve. Are you guys thankful that Jesus didn't serve just out of obligation and duty? Aren't you glad he didn't serve with a bad attitude? <laughs> okay, he, he had freedom to serve, and I think one of the reasons that we see here is that he had two mindsets that were backing his heart as a service. So look at this, verse 3. Don't miss it. Does Jesus knowing, there's two things he knew. Knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands, so that's one thing, and knowing this, that he had come from God and was going back to God. Let's talk about those two things. That first thing, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands. Here's what Jesus knew. He had nothing to lose. Everything that he needed, he had. No one could add or take away from what God had given him. Given him. He was fully secure in all that he had in the Lord, and he was fully satisfied. And do you know, in a, in a similar way, not exactly the same, but in a similar way, that statement is true for us. We have everything we need in God. We are not lacking. No one can take away what God has given you. No one can add to what God has given you. No man, no human can. Ephesians 1, 3 says that we are blessed with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Is that great news? Okay, Ephesians 2 says we're seated with Christ in heavenly places. That's amazing. Second uh, Peter 1 talks about how we have everything we need for life and godliness. Sound familiar? Isn't that amazing? How, can I take that from you? Can I add more to that? So my question then is, what if we live this way? What if we knew that no one could add or take away from what God has given to us? And we weren't trying to protect the things that we have by the things we decide not to do or grasp for things by the, and try to get things by the things we do decide to do. If we knew or were secure in the fact that we have everything that we need and no one can add or take away from it, how might that affect the way that we serve other people? Just chew on that for a little bit. How might that affect the way that we serve other people if we know that nothing, no one can add or take away from what God has given me? Let's look at the second one. He said, coming from God and going back to God. So he knew God had given him everything, and he knew he, he came from God and was going back to God. So here's what I think this reveals. Jesus had a very strong and clear eternal perspective. Another way to say that is eternity was very real to him. He knew that life on earth was not it. That's not everything. He knew that life on earth was like this small compared to eternity with the Father. And this, this somehow motivated him to serve. And so my question for me, really, that I'm challenging myself with is how real is eternity to me? How real is that to me? You know, like, do I believe this is real? <laughs> what, what we read in here, do I believe this is like a fairy tale or do I believe that this is real? That one day I'm going to stand before the Lord and, and that eternity is real and eternity is longer than my life. <laughs> okay, any of you guys feel like you're just like old? 
I am, I am so old. I am 33, guys. Okay, I've lived such a long life, okay? <laughs> and I feel like just days sometimes drag through, seasons just kind of drag through. I'm just so, I'm so old. <laughs> I see a few of you smiling at me. Okay, but my life, I've lived like this much, especially in light of eternity. And so just, just try to take that reality of how real is eternity to me and you into serving somebody right in front of you. How would that affect you if you knew that this life was not it? That life was not about what you can get, what you can gain, what you can hold on to, and just what people think about you. What if life is much more about what God has given us and what he thinks about us and what he sees? How might that affect how we serve others? I feel like it, it did something. Jesus just knew, like, I'm not going to lose anything. And I'm going to stand before my father in just, in just a few days. This is literally just a few days before the cross. And it motivated him to serve, to give his life. All right, last thing I want us to see here in John 13 is verse 8 and 9, this funny interaction with Simon. But, the, you know, we all chuckle at him like that guy, that's Simon Peter. But, but really, he's us. <laughs> he's us. Don't laugh at him too much. Verse 8, Peter said to him, Lord, you're never going to wash my feet. He said, hey, if I don't wash you, you have no share with me. It's like, if you, if you don't let me wash your feet, you're going to miss out. Like you, you can't participate in life with me if you don't let me wash your feet. And then, of course, he's like, okay, 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 okay. My head, my whole body, come on, give me a bath. Let's go. I'm ready. Okay, then Jesus corrects him again. He's like, he thinks he's getting it right. <laughs> First time, he's like, oh, no, I'm so humble. Don't wash my feet. And then he thinks he's getting it right. Okay, do everything. And Jesus is like, no, dude, calm down. You're wrong again. Okay, here is what Jesus, I think, was communicating to Simon Peter. Let me serve you. Let me serve you. No, no, you're God. No, you're so holy. And Jesus says, let me serve you. If, if you don't let me serve you, you, you can't participate in this relationship. And so here's what I feel like is very important for us. We must let God serve us. We must let him serve us. If we don't let him serve us, we will never serve others. Or at least we won't serve others for very long. Let me break this down a little bit. So Jesus is a servant. Nod with me if you, like, agree. Okay, this whole message, just are you at least with me a little bit? Jesus is serving, yes? If he is a servant, then he must have an, an audience or, like, recipients of his service. Who are the recipients of this servant, Jesus? Us! I mean, in this example, it's obviously the disciples, but everywhere throughout the Gospels, he's serving everybody. And so this, I would just submit to you, this hasn't changed. He is still serving everybody, especially his children. He loves us. He's serving us. So how did he serve? As you read throughout the Gospels, how did he serve? He washed feet. He fed the thousands. He healed people of sicknesses, delivered people of demons. He taught people truth. He corrected false mindsets and ways of living, mainly Peter. Uh, he, he, um, ultimately, he died on a cross to serve us. So how does he serve us today? Everything I just listed also applies today. Who's thankful that Jesus served you by taking your sin on the cross? Anybody thankful for that? Oh, me too. And not only that, but he washes us every day. 
Every day, he just cleanses us. He listens to us. He serves us by listening to us. He serves us by comforting us. He serves us by healing us. He serves us by blessing us with gifts. I was preparing just this morning and looking over this, and I was just like looking at the things I had on the table in front of me, let alone the breath I was breathing. And I was just like, okay, I got coffee. I've got water. I've got a Bible. I've got like clothes. I've got a backpack. I'm like, this is you serving me. This is you blessing me. I don't have to have this stuff, but you are, you are such a servant that you allow me, you serve me by allowing me to have this. I've got a family that I love. This, like every gift that you have flows from this revelation that Jesus serves because he doesn't have to give us those things, but he chooses to serve us and bless us in this way. Isn't that amazing? Even, listen, even I was eating a banana the other day and I was like, even this is you serving me, Lord. I was literally outside the hotel. I was preparing this message, and I was trying to think. I took a little lunch break, and I was, like, thinking about, how do you serve us today? I want to, like, and I was eating a banana. I was, like, looking at, I was, like, oh, this is how you serve us. He created bananas that grow on trees that you just peel, take off, and you peel, and you eat them. They're delicious. That's him serving us. He gave you, gave you taste buds. He didn't have to. What if everything tasted like you had COVID? Sorry, I have had COVID and, and it lost my taste and smell. But what if like he didn't give us that ever? This is like a way that he is serving us and blessing us. He is a servant in his very nature. Everything he does flows out of this. You guys understand and track with me? And I feel like as I've been chewing on this this week, my eyes are being opened to how much God serves me. And it's making me more thankful. <laughs> and it's making me want to like serve others more. All right, so here's what we're going to do. So it's kind of like um, shifting gears a little bit. We're going to get a little more practical. And for the next few minutes, I'm going to talk about the, what I'm going to call the who, what, when, where, and why of serving. Okay, there's a little slide that has those little words up there, got all these W's. Okay, the who, what, when, where, and why of serving. We're going to look at Jesus. Who did he serve? What did he do to serve? And then as we think about that, we're going to think about, okay, what does this mean for us? Okay, so the who, what, when, where, and why. You guys ready? Who did Jesus serve? Did he, did he just serve those that deserved it? Did he just serve those that were nice to him? No, he served literally everyone. And I don't think it's an accident that the beginning of this chapter clearly emphasizes that Judas was about to betray him. But when he washed everybody's feet, he did not skip to Judas' feet. He washed his feet. So for us, who do we serve? <laughs> Amen. <laughs> and we think about others in our life, and the answer is like anyone, everyone, family, friends, enemies, <laughs> co-workers, neighbors, people within our church family, strangers, you know, even, I said enemies a second ago, even those that have hurt us, even those that have hurt our feelings. And even those that have wronged us. I don't know if you've ever like served or blessed someone that's wronged you. But it's like, it's really freeing when you do that. So who do we serve really anyway? What did Jesus do to serve? You know, it's interesting about Jesus. You see this theme throughout all of scripture. He really only focused and he only served in areas that he was really, really passionate about. Like, he only focused his energy and his service on, like, his main primary gifts. 
just the things that brought him joy, you know? You know, he had this anointing for feet washing. I mean, you should have seen him just, just go. Okay, that's not true. He, uh, he served in whatever way was needed. That's what he did. Now, for us, okay, I, uh, I think that <laughs> the reality is we, we, I just want us, and I want to be a person, let me just talk about myself, that I'm just willing to do anything. I'm just willing to meet needs. I want to be a, a need meter. <laughs> That's kind of funny to say, need meter. Why don't you look at your neighbor and say, be a need meter. Thanks, tell me. <laughs> that is funny to say. Okay? I just want to meet needs. You know, I want to serve in whatever you need. Now, listen, you should use your skills. You should use your gifts, okay? You should do that. And I would say um, for, like, a career path, maybe you shouldn't, like, pursue something that you're not really good at, okay? So, yes, use your passions, your gifts, all that stuff. But you, I, I would say you have enough voices. We all, we have enough voices telling us to just follow our passions and follow our dreams, I just want you to know that's just not the main message of Jesus. And it's not that it's bad. God has wired certain of us in certain ways on purpose, and that's great. But his main message is not follow your dreams. His main message is just be willing to be a servant and die to yourself. Humble yourself, and then I will exalt you. And so I just I want to be a man that is willing to do anything to the lowliest of tasks even if it's something I'm not passionate about. All right, let's look at when did Jesus serve? Thankfully, he did not serve only when it was convenient for him, only when he felt like it. He, no, he served all the time. Whenever he was needed, he made sacrifice, even after, right after a nap. Let's think about this. I don't know about you, but I need to confess. Sometimes after I wake up from a nap, I'm grumpy. And I am not thinking about serving people, okay? thinking about coffee yeah, coffee but he like he's on a bow he's sleeping and they like wake him up and he gets up and what does he do he serves them he rebukes the winds and waves now he did he rebuked the guys too uh, but not for waking up from a nap but for having little faith so he is like he's he's he continually has a heart of i'm willing to serve no matter no matter when what time of day it is and actually let me also emphasize whatever state of his soul I want, you to, I want you to see this, because uh, if I kept going in, verse, in chapter 13, verse 21, it says that Jesus was troubled in his spirit because he knew Judas was about to betray him and he was about to go to the cross. So like literally in t- turmoil on the inside, I don't know if you, about you, but there's been times where I just feel troubled in spirit. And even in the midst of that, Jesus got on his hands and knees and washed his disciples' feet and served. So not just a time of the day, or, but, but even a, a place in his spirit or soul, he still served. So for us, what, is that, what could that look like? Is, hey, let's serve sometimes, even when it's inconvenient, even when we don't feel like it. And I'm not suggesting that we embrace like an undisciplined or unboundaried lifestyle, okay? There's times where you need to rest, and I try to take a Sabbath every week and try to be intentional there. But just remember that our rest is not just for us. 
And so what I mean by that is in regards to serving, we don't always have to say yes to every single thing. But depending on what the thing is, I would say I, I would rather say yes more often to serving others than no. So let's look at two more. Where did Jesus serve? This is, this is simple, but it helps me. Where did he serve? He served everywhere he went. He served in people's homes. He served on the road. He served when he was eating meals. Literally everywhere that Jesus went, he seemed to be aware of the needs around him and was looking for ways to meet those needs. So what if we did the same? Every setting or every room we walked into, our first thought was like, hey, how can I serve? Where can I contribute? Who can I encourage? Whether that be at work. What if you walked into work tomorrow and, and just like had a mindset, who can I serve today? Is there some coworker I could just bless or serve or encourage or listen to? At church, at your home, at a restaurant, at life group, at school, the grocery store, even, I specifically have this on here, like even when you're driving on the road, what if when we start driving, we think first, who can I serve on the road today? <laughs> Not necessarily how can everybody get out of my way so that I can get to where I want to, this is for me. But think about that. Man, what if I had this, like, who can I let cut me off today, you know? <laughs> who can I let, like, go ahead and come on in. I'm in a long line, I'm waiting, but you know what, just come on. It's a silly mindset, but it's, it's challenging how I normally operate. So what if we entered into every setting just with this thought of, you know, who can I serve? All right, last one here is why. And I'm going to take a little bit of time on this. Like, why did Jesus serve? What was his motivation? Was his motivation to be seen by other people? Was his motivation to get something in return? Was his motivation so that everyone could see how, how much of a humble servant he is and just praise him? I would suggest no, it's probably not. Why? He wasn't motivated by, I would say, two things. Obedience to the Father and genuine love and care for others. He wasn't in it for himself. So for us, what could this mean? What if we were motivated by the same thing? What if we were motivated by obedience to the Father and genuine love for others? And what if we were not serving to be seen or noticed by others? Now listen, I'm going to read a scripture that's really convicting in just a second, uh, at least for me. But this one is, is difficult of like serving not to be seen by others, especially when it comes to Beth, my lovely wife up here. Okay, When I do things to bless her, I really like it when she knows. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> Like last Sunday, she was not feeling good. I took all four kids, picked up groceries, let her nap, came home, did the dishes. I fixed something in the garage, and she like came out of her bedroom, and I was like... Notice anything? Look at the kitchen. <laughs> I like, couldn't help it. I was like, ah, oh, dang. Did it again. What's so funny about that is, uh, I mean, she had, she had full responsibility of the kids. Like the next day or two days later, uh, she, um, the, the, the dishes piled up again and the garage broke again. <laughs> so I didn't really fix it. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. She's like, actually, can you get somebody to actually fix it? I, I did something to it that helped. For a few minutes <laughs> anyways but man if we serve just like without trying to be noticed you know just just unto the lord just as a, as a form of worship i'm just gonna serve somebody but like not so that they notice and praise me but like just under you lord and so matthew 6 this is the convicting passage i was referencing that the, the context here is jesus is talking about 
from giving to the needy, so giving financially, but I think the principle still remains in the context of us serving others. So here's what he said. He said, beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them. For then you will have no reward from your Father who is in heaven. Thus, when you give to the needy, sound no trumpet before you, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may be praised by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. Isn't that, isn't that convicting a little bit? I just want the eyes of the Lord to be my obsession, not the eyes of man. The Father who sees in secret, that's what I want to be motivating me, not who can see me do this or that or the other. Now remember, it's not wrong for people to know that you're serving, okay? Worship team, sorry guys, but we all see you up here, <laughs> okay? His disciples in John 13 saw Jesus washing their feet. So it doesn't mean that you have to do every act of service in an invisible way, okay? okay? But I, I will say, it's fun. I would encourage you. Here's a little bonus, okay? Bonus takeaway for the week. Try this week to serve someone in secret. Do something that blesses somebody else to serve them without them knowing. And try to not tell them. <laughs> it's harder than you think. You know, and don't give it away. Hey, who... You got, you get, I hear you get a free coffee yesterday. Wow, I wonder who gave that to you. All right, don't do that. All right, so why we serve out of obedience to the Father and genuine love and care for others. All right, now here's how I'm going to wrap up. The rewards of serving, okay? Everybody say rewards. Okay, now listen, this, if this was not in the Bible, I wouldn't talk about it, but let me just, I want to just mention this for a second. Okay, here's a couple Practical rewards, and I'm going to give you two really clear scriptural rewards here. Um, the rewards of serving others. One, it's others being blessed and needs being met. That is, that is rewarding when you see other people's needs are being met and they're blessed. Another reward of serving is seeing, like, fruitfulness. It's like through your service, through... So here's a great example. Through a group of people that came here early, two hours earlier than everybody else, and set up everything, like we had the opportunity to experience the presence of God in a really rich way this morning. And there's like fruit to the labor of those that came early. And we all got to participate, and we're all so thankful, yes? It's like, man, that is rewarding to see. But let me give you two others. One is what I'll call the Father's Rewards. Okay, we just looked at a uh, scripture in Matthew 6 where it mentioned it three times. He says, and let me, can you put Matthew 6, 1 through 4 up there again? It says, don't do your acts of righteousness before other people because you'll have no reward from your father. And then it says, that, uh, verse 2, that they've received the reward, which was the praise of man. And then it says, the very end do it in secret so that your father who sees in secret will reward you. So let me just talk about this for a second. I'm not going to give a big old talk on this, but like the, apparently the father, father God is interested in rewarding us for things. Now, I want to just submit that if Jesus suggests that God the father will reward us, and in a sense, if he were to say, hey, I have a reward for you. Do you want it? And it's God that's talking to us. I would say it'd be dumb to say No. <laughs> I would just say, okay, if you want to give me, sure, I'll receive it. And so I kind of want to say, like, it's okay to be motivated by the rewards that the Lord gives. But I want you to see who's giving that reward and who decides what that reward is. It's God. 
We don't, we don't paint the picture and imagine what the reward might be and hope for this. No, 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 no. If God's going to reward us for things, then great. Now, what are those rewards? I don't really know exactly what they will be. And there's like eternal rewards. It seems like there's like jewels and crowns, but there's also like people that throw their crowns and jewels at Jesus' feet. So I don't know exactly how it works, but I'm interested in being rewarded by God. And also it's important to see that apparently we can lose or miss out on those rewards by having wrong motives. Are you tracking with me? So I would say this is a motivation for me or it's like the blessing and the reward of serving is like whatever the Father wants to give me as a reward. I'm motivated by that. I'm like, great, I want you to do that. Last but not least, this is, uh, I think, probably my favorite reward of serving. And it's, the best way I can say it is intimacy with the Lord. Or just closeness with the Lord. Okay, I'm going to read something from John 12. The band, go ahead and come on up. But look at this passage. It's about serving. And I want you just to catch just where is Jesus, okay, when he talks about this. So John 12, it'll be on the screen, verse 20 through 26. It says, now among those who went up to worship at the feast were some Greeks. So these came to Philip, who was from Bethsaida in Galilee, and asked him, Sir, we wish to see Jesus. Philip went and told Andrew, and Andrew and Philip went and told Jesus, and Jesus answered them, The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Truly, truly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. Let me pause there. I just mentioned something about one of the rewards of serving is fruitfulness. This is a great example of obviously through Jesus serving us, laying his life down, being that grain of wheat that fell to the ground and died and bore so much fruit. Like we are here today because Jesus served us in that way. It's amazing. Verse 25. Whoever loves his life loses it. Whoever hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Verse 26. If anyone serves me, he must follow me. And where I am, there my servant there will my servant be also. If anyone serves me, the Father will honor him. So let's just think about this. Where I am, there my servant will be also. That just sticks out to me. It's like, where is Jesus? He is in the place of a servant. And when we partner with him and decide to serve, we're with Jesus. It's like a special place of closeness and intimacy with the Lord. And I just remember this funny story. Uh, a couple, several years ago, we were helping a family move out of their house. And they also needed to clean their house. And I uh, was designated the bathroom. And I was so excited. It was one of my gifts and my passions. It's one of my anointings is cleaning bathrooms. And uh, bear with me. This is, <laughs> bear with me. So I'm, I'm, I'm in there cleaning a bathroom, which is like, you know, in a sense, a lowly task. And I'm scrubbing and I'm whatever behind the back of the toilet. I'm scrubbing. I feel something. And uh, it was a, sorry, guys, but just, it was a female product. And um, I was in this place. I was like, oh, Lord. But I was like in this bathroom all by myself, just me and the Lord. And I like, I had recently read John 12 and I was thinking about this. And I was like, Lord you're in this place <laughs> this is where you are today lord <laughs> this is a this is a lowly place and um, there is just something special that happened in that moment with this interesting scenario where i just felt like just the intimacy of the lord the closeness of the lord like man who else would be in this place but the lord and this is this is undesirable by anybody but but man the lord is here where he says where 
my servant, my servant will be. And I would just submit to us, and this is probably the greatest reward of all in embracing a lifestyle of being a servant, is that, man, we get to be with Jesus, get to be like Jesus. This is awesome. But remember that us being embracing this lifestyle of serving others doesn't start with, what can I do, what can I do? But let's just, we're going to start with looking at Jesus and saying, wow, wow, you serve me. He literally serves you in me every day, every second of the day. He's, he's serving us. And when we thank him for that, man, the overflow of that is just we want to be able to more serve those around us. So here's how we're going to close. If you got a journal or notebook, you can pull that out. Or if you got your notes and app on your phone, I want us to respond just for a second, just a couple minutes before we jump back into worship. And I want us to really get practical in our own life. And there's going to be a little prompt that comes up here. But I would love for us to think of two or three people in your life. And I would encourage you to think of, like, people in different types of settings. So not just, like, people in church, but, like, people you work with or people at school or something. Just think of two or three people. Like, think of their names and write their names down. And think of a way that this week you can practically serve them. Right? And literally just write it down, jot it down. What's a way I can practically serve that person? Okay? So go ahead and just do that for a second, and I'll come back up and we'll do some more worship.
think of a couple folks and ways you can serve them this week. But here's how we're going to respond today. I'm going to have some of our, uh, let's go ahead and stand to our feet. We'll have some of our life group leaders. If y'all can uh, make your way to the front, it's kind of on the side over here. just want to give uh, space for the next couple minutes to respond to the Lord, however you feel led. And if you want some prayer, these life group leaders would love to pray for you. But here's, here's a couple specifics of how to kind of respond and just to talk to God about is one, again, this is where it starts. If you feel like you have a hard time believing or receiving that God wants to serve you, then we want to pray for you this morning. And we want to see just breakthrough, just us being a people that allow the Lord to serve us, that allow the Lord to bless us, because Jesus was really clear with Peter. If you don't let me serve you, you have no share, no, no portion. And we want to obviously have a portion, have share with those two. And then secondly, if you know that you need some help and need some grace to, to serve others or to be more focused on how you can serve others and then others can serve you, then hey, we just, we're with you. We're, I think we all need that one. But if you want to receive prayer just for breakthrough, then we'd love to pray for you this morning. All right? So I'm going to pray for us. The band's going to lead us in a song and then you can respond to the Lord however you want to. So Lord, we just thank you again for this morning. Thank you for showing us that you are a servant. We are so thankful, Jesus, for all the ways that you served us all the ways you continue to serve us every single day. Lord, I pray that you would just minister to our hearts as we respond to you. And Lord, we would just give you again our yes and say, Lord, we want to be like you and we want to receive all that you are. Thank you, Lord.